0: Hi, welcome to Joyful Projects, where we're going to explore the secret to real excellence in transforming our ideas into a reality. Hey, I'm Paul Armstrong, and, and I've spent a lot of years trying to figure out what it really means to enable joy in work, especially, especially in projects. And I love sharing my insights with you because my desire is to help those of you who have a responsibility to get a project done, and you probably have a team of you to do it, and, and what it really takes to transform that idea into a reality in a most joyful way. So most of what I'm going to share is going to make sense to you. But there's some twists that really unveil a secret. One, I'm not going to use the word manage. I find it overused. I find it confusing. I find most people don't even have a definition for it. Interestingly, though, I'm going to be pretty consistent if you have read a lot of the books on projects that have that manage word pretty well populated all through it. Here's number three. In my search to understand the joy and work, guess what? I didn't find it in those texts. I didn't find it in the the office. I found it. It unfolded for me when I was teaching Sunday schools right there in the beginning of the Old and the New Testaments. So so we're going to take Sunday's message and make it our basis for Monday's mission. That's why I'm so excited to share this with you. And I, I, I really look forward to your feedback, positive, negative, whatever. So please subscribe, find out when I post the next episode. And, and actually, if you want to learn more about me and joy and work, go to enablingjoy.com. It's all one word, enabling joy, all one word. So let's get started. We're on episode number four. Now in episode number four, we're going to take our first steps into understanding what we mean by engaging excellence. And like enabling joy, we've got three pillars for it. The first pillar is what I call the rational four. It's what we do with cost, schedule, scope, quality. The next one I call the relational three. And it's, it's really our approach to the people on our team working with us, the people we bring in, usually called subcontractors, and the people that we're doing it for or, or around, the stakeholders. Now, the last one I call the readiness two. The readiness two have to do with do we have the materials there and have we addressed risk? So looking for things coming in and for the future going out. So in this episode, we're really going to dwell on the rational four. the rational four. So what do we have in the rational for? We have, first off, we've got cost. Everybody knows about cost, right? It's a biggie. It's a biggie. Now, instead of using that, that word I said I'm not going to use, we're going to use a verb called steward. We're going to steward cost, okay? Now, why do I say steward? Well, you know, the cost, the budget is the amount of money that the the customer or the user or the sponsor has almost literally put on the table, almost like their trust fund in our ability to transform their idea into a reality. So we need to steward that cost. We need to steward it. Now I this is in addition to using all the tools that we have out there for watching actual cost, cost variance, estimate costs, balance, all that. Fully endorse the use of all those tools. And that takes care of what's on the table. Takes care of the bookkeeping, so to speak. But now we're talking about our attitudes, our ability to have the the trusting, hard conversations. When we're looking at those numbers on the table and we're kind of struggling to to wrap our heads around them, or to understand together as a team what they're going to lead to. So first, we need to understand ourselves here. You know, if we're the type of person that we can feel our blood boiling, when we look at those cost numbers, and they're they're not going in the direction we like, and we can feel our temperature rising, this is time we've got to make sure that, as some folks said, we, we hit the pause button. Now, what's happening physiologically? One, we we want to make sure that we enable joy for ourselves. Remember, joy is the opposite is fear, okay? So when we look at those we feel out of that blood boiling, that means we're starting to engage the fear factor, okay? And we need to sort of get our brain, that emotional part of our brain, that amygdala, it only knows how to fight, flight, and freeze. We need to get that to sort of stand down and prevent it from blocking the signal that wakes up the part of our brain, the neocortex, is gonna figure out creative and good answers for how to adjust the situation we're looking at. The pause button is a pretty powerful and simple tool. So, the pause button basically means really just take a break. You know, you might need 30 minutes, you might need an hour, but step away and get your own head in the right place before you try to lead the team to the right place. Okay? So you need to lead yourself before you can lead others. Now, we have to have the accountability, right? We have to have the accountability to where the money's going, how it's being spent, how fast it's going out the door. But we really need to make sure that we capitalize on these tough monetary moments to continue to build the trust in the team. So the question that we have to ask ourselves when we have had that tough meeting on the budget or the actual cost or the projected cost is when it's all said and done, did we increase the capability of the team to steward the cost or did we diminish it? Did we increase their confidence and their ability to transform this idea into a reality or we did we decrease it? So we need to think about stewarding cost. That's our job, to be good stewards of that promise. Speaking of promises, there's the promise of time. And that one I actually call keeping the promise. Keeping the promise because time is an unrecoverable resource, right? If we blow part of the schedule, we can't give it back. Those days are gone. And so the time is is the ultimate trust that the the customer, the, the, the owner of the project has given us. And we say, hey, we're going to have it by such and such a time. They've now planned a lot of things around that. We plan to finish on time, but when we don't, we have to be pretty careful that we don't turn that into a drama or blame game, just like we did with the cost. So how do we get that? How do we get a really good estimate? Because isn't it what it comes down to is how, how valid is the estimate that we went in going in on this? We want to know what it really is. We should always be developing our estimates with the input of the very people who are going to be doing the actual work, okay? Because they're the ones that are going to be, the, the, that will take the most commitment to that projected time, right? Because they're talking about their own efforts at that point. Now they're fully in. They are connected to the purpose. They see where they're creating value and they're saying it's going to take this long to create those that value, so I highly recommend that you get that schedule made from the very fundamental levels of where the work is being done, where that idea is being transformed into the reality. The third aspect, scope. Scope is how much we're going to do, right? That is the basically the description of the idea, right? So I like to think of it in terms of let's mind the scope, be mindful of it. For a couple of reasons. One, I I find it kind of cool that where did it come from? It came from our minds. The idea came from our minds. And so all along, it's that picture in our minds, our team's mind, of what it means to transform this idea into a reality. And we need to stay so well connected to the mental picture in the customer's mind. Because in a lot of times, we don't have a super clear image as customers of what we're asking for. Some of it we kind of see along the way. Those of you who do software projects, boy, you know that in spades, don't you? And so what we need to bear in mind is the necessity to stay so well connected between our minds and the customer's minds on what the scope is. Because we all know there's two ways that we end up losing mindfulness of scope. One is we don't fully appreciate what all the customer wants in that scope. And we end up underdoing the scope. We don't do everything that was actually desired. That kind of makes the customer unhappy, doesn't it? Then there's the other one where we, we kind of overdo it. We accomplish more than what the customer was really looking for. Now, that sounds pretty awesome. And if we gave it for free, the customer would probably think it's free, but we usually kind of like charge for that because, well, we have to pay our people, right? We have to pay for the supplies. And so what we end up doing is kind of going beyond the scope. And so that's a careful one also because we don't want to upset everybody, including ourselves, on doing work for which there'll be no reimbursement. So being mindful of scope. How well is our mind's eye of what this means to transform the idea to reality to the customer's mind's eye of what it means constant connection the last of the the little elements in the rational four is about quality now we all know that we should know by now quality is not something that occurs at the end we don't check for quality we're constantly building it in now here's the cool news If we have included the folks that are actually doing the real hard transformation of the idea to reality into the scheduling, then they're going to be bought into the need to do it correctly. If we have included them and connected them well with the idea of the customer on what this idea is, they're going to want to build in quality. So here's the deal. If you find along the way that you are having some quality issues, that's a pretty good indicator that not only won't you get the excellence, you're probably not enabling joy and work, right? Because what's happening? The folks aren't connected with the purpose and the vision maybe. So they're doing things to the wrong standard, the wrong specter, the wrong size. Or we haven't properly equipped them to create value. So they're doing it incompletely, incompetently, inappropriately. Or they're doing it so it doesn't fit downstream. They understand where they're contributing. You know, what is this contributing to? And so therefore, it's a great thing all by itself, but it doesn't fit the rest of the the system. So interestingly enough, you want quality, enable joy. So there you have it. We've got these four little parts to this pillar, one of the three pillars of engaging excellence, the rational four. And there's four parts to it. We want to take care to steward the cost, to keep the promise of the schedule, to be mindful of scope, and to build in, by enabling joy, quality. In the next episode, we're going to step back and we're going to talk about joy a little more. I have some neat insights that I want to share. On It should really unfold and help us continue to appreciate and and remove the confusion from joy being associated with pleasure and really that joy is its own ingredient why joy is strength and why enabling joy is so critical to us being able to lead great projects that well they're they're joyful to work in and joyful to be a part of and they also are pretty darn excellent in a future episode we're going to look at the relational three, and then in another one we'll be looking at the readiness two. But for our next guest episode, we're going to look again at joy. We're going to get a little deeper understanding of why joy is strength, and maybe even take a look at some of the scriptural basis for it. So you stay tuned, be ready for you next time. Meanwhile, you take care. Bye-bye.